1: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cocktails: Unsolved Mysteries Edition. I am Lauren Ash, and as always, I am joined by my co-hostess with the most, est, uh Christie Oxborough. How you doing? I uh I'm a little buzzed. I'm gonna, I'm not going <laughs> I'm not going to lie right out the gate. I uh
0: yeah, we had we had a little bit of plans earlier.
1: We did. If you're listening to this episode, we did an Instagram live earlier today where we were announcing the giveaway winners for our first for f- Listen, yeah, we're doing great. Each of us only had one drink, yeah. and by the time it was done, we were like, woo! Yeah. So this is going to be a very interesting episode <laughs> of the show. But listen, if you have listened to the show thus yeah. far, you already know what you're in store mm-hmm. for. So I don't think that we're not giving the people what they think that they're going to get. This is what they're here for. This is what yeah. they're here for. Exactly. So yeah, so we just did the live. We're wearing, if you're watching this, we're wearing our new True Crime and Cocktails shirts. These are our specific giveaway shirts there's only six of these in existence we've got more shirts coming there's gonna be more merch coming so much stuff listen again the enthusiasm every I know we spoke about it a lot in the last episode but man it is lovely yeah I I mean
0: (laughs) I say this every time every time you're like the the response has been great and then I always come back with it's surreal I had no idea but for (laughs) real like I had never would have guessed I was like nobody is gonna care like people are gonna be like I like her but who's that bozo um and then we do an Instagram live and people are like what if we dresses you for Halloween and I'm like would
1: you <laughs> like, that's insane. you're there bozo yeah. that's who you and are I, uh, okay
0: I love it this is this is just. Uh, we did talk about it last time about the crying. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's a real thing. It's just so but, you beautiful. Know, people always ask me. They always ask me, like, you know, as an actor and stuff. They're like, you know, what's your ultimate goal? And I think they're th- they're thinking the answer is like, you know, win an Oscar or whatever. But the answer has always been, and it still is. My ultimate goal in my career is to create content with people that I love and respect. And this really aligns with me living my dream. So this is as much of a gift for me as it is for you.
0: Again, favorite part of my week.
1: Bless it. Bless it out. We're going to be talking about the new episode of unsolved mysteries on netflix season two the episode we're going to be talking about today is death row fugitive we're going to get into all things about that in a minute but before then for those of you who don't know part of this case involves a shopping mall and so we were talking about memories from our childhoods mm-hmm. our shared childhood that involved malls and it made me both well I mean, both of us remember there was a time That we were in, I want to say we were in Alberta at that point. Was it? Was it the West Edmonton Mall? It was, yeah, yes. And so we were there with on a family trip, lots of us. God, imagine that gaggle of us now. (laughs) It was like Grandma, Grandpa, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, you, and me. There was eight of us.
0: Yeah. Did we
1: take two vehicles, or is that
0: back when we had that massive van?
1: it was the van it was the van i think it was the van
0: but even then that's not comfortable
1: well i mean you and i were fine those yeah yeah. (laughs) those seats were fine for us i feel like we probably had car seats or something or maybe not it was like the 80s yeah 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 80s punishment also 80s safety precautions you know what i mean non-existent yeah Non-existent. But anyway, so we were at the West Edmonton Mall. And this is the funny part is that at the time we had stopped to eat something and there was a magic show going on. And I got chosen as a seven-year-old child to be the volunteer in this show, which, again, who would have known at that point that I would go on to be a performer as I was very shy. But I remember very vividly. This is what I remember from this. The guy pulls me on stage. I was in a pink and white dress. I mean, it's burned in my brain. And he was like, you're going to tightrope walk. And I felt <laughs> ill. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I i mean, even at that age, I was like, I know I can't do that. Also, mm-hmm. this feels dangerous. Also, how do I say no? Also, all these people are watching. I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot going on in my little brain in that moment. And then there, so then it was like, well, you'll do it. I think and again I this is just how I remember it but it was like we need to put these like funny glasses on you and a funny hat and yeah. stuff like that and it's like that'll give you the power to, to tightrope walk oh. and I was like will it <laughs> <laughs> will it give me the power not to break my own neck and so just so sick anyway, already <laughs> Oh my gosh even at 7 I know but then the reveal of course was is that the the rope was on the floor so I wasn't actually tightrope walking it was like you know I guess his ultimate goal was to like really scare me and my guardians who were there (laughs) like, like, Oh, we're going to make this child tightrope walk. And then the reveal is just kidding. You're just going to walk across a rope that's laid on the floor. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he continued down the road of his, you know, magic entertainment career. (laughs) Maybe he did. I don't know if he's listening, sir. It's burned in my brain. So you did something right. But anyhow, um, I hope he
0: is listening.
1: What would the odds be of that? You know? (laughs) Very slim. Very slim. But I also like that I don't ever rule out anyone. I'm always like, there's a chance.
0: Who knows? Well,
1: I can't think about it. I know. It gets overwhelming for you.
0: I mean, I still can't believe people in, like, Brazil, (laughs) Mongolia, Australia.
1: It's amazing. I just
0: can't get past it. So the idea of, like someone from someone from our past who wouldn't know probably not remember us but who knows maybe maybe know. he was like she's gonna be a star and you know has like that memory that distinct memory of you and then he was flipping channels and saw you on tv and was like i know that girl <laughs> uh she,
1: she, last time i saw I her low level of, <laughs> she was right. i low level mentally and, tortured her <laughs> yeah and then uh He's like, well,
0: I need to get on this. And so suddenly he's watching the shows. He's doing the podcast like he's into it. So, I mean, who knows?
1: Stranger things have happened is my point. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. One of the strange things being that I forgot to ask you what you're drinking tonight.
0: Well, I have. I mean, I've already done a Pombe and I have another one coming up. But in, the, in the middle. Oh, I changed it up this week. I went to buy the Pombe. And this caught my eye, and I was like, "I'll try it." It's a uh, Smirnoff Ice Watermelon. Oh, the light is just shining. Um, it's it's nice. It's nice. You like Ooh. it? It's nice. Yeah. It's like, oh God, I can't think of what it is, but there's like a watermelon flavored candy that I was mm-hmm. into, and I'm like, it is basically that. So it's the thing is, it. it's it's an extra size can. So it won't fit in my beloved frosty mug. So, and I didn't, I didn't <sighs> want to just, you know, fill the mug and then leave a little bit. So I just, I have to drink it out of the can, which is fine. But I've got a, I've got a frosty mug in the wings for when that's done. But now I'm in, I'm, I'm hurrying it. to finish this so that it's still going to be chilled. Cause you know, I like my drinks very cold
1: and... Exactly, and if that means chugging it down, that means chugging it down. So listen, mm-hmm. that's something that I admire about yeah. you. Over here, yeah. what do you think we're doing? I don't even know. I've basically cleaned out my my booze oh. fridge. Do I have a second booze fridge in the garage? Yes, I do. And anyway, I got so I got a partial bottle of my Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc, which I love. Yeah. And then I've just got some random high noons. Uh, I already drank a White Claw earlier, so who knows how this <laughs> night's going to go? Because <laughs> mixing is a great oh, idea. Yeah. Well, I don't know... Uh, anyway, getting back to what I was saying though about the magician before I got derailed because I realized I got too excited and didn't do a check-in about our beverages. So that the the funny part about this is because this case that we're going to discuss today does talk about breaking the law and yeah. you know a mall. Yeah. I was like, you know, Christy and I have never broken the law, and then I remembered that we have talked already on this podcast about doing such things as catfishing, yeah. committing fraud. <laughs> You know, the list goes on and on. And it reminded me of the same trip. So this trip that we were taking was, I guess, like a big road trip at the end of the day. And, yeah. and we were driving from your uh, place at the time in Saskatchewan into Alberta to Banff. Listen, beautiful, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful trip, et cetera. But it was at some point on this road trip that we stopped at like a little lake. And it was summer. And everyone was swimming. And so you and I, you know, being little kids, you know, they, they put us in our swimsuits. We went to go swimming. And we noticed on the beach that there were these two Snuffleupagus figures. Yeah. Snuffleupagus, of course, of Sesame Street mm-hmm. fame. And I remember one of them, he had like a towel and a beach ball yeah, with him. holding it in I his think little think trunk. The, yep. Yes. And then I think the other one was Scottish themed. I thought he had like a, oh, like a little kilt on. And the hat. Right, and then the, the little hat, hat the um, little tam, yeah. yep. yes. And so we find these, and there's no one around, and we're really looking, like we weren't just like kids that were gonna just steal. Mm-hmm. We were kids that were gonna look around for a good, what felt like ten minutes, but was probably five seconds. Yeah. And when we realized there was nobody nearby, we were like, "These are up for grabs. Yeah. Finders keepers, losers weepers."
0: <laughs> yeah. Plain I simple. mean, we've done this
1: before. Cookie Chomper the when third. When did we do this before? Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> our our low-level fraud. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we take the, to- yeah, found things. Um, we take these toys, and that was a different trip, wasn't it? Cookie Chomper. Or was it the same trip?
0: I don't know. It very well I could have been, have the, been same the same one. I think it might have been the same one, actually. Because yeah. I believe I was no, in we Yorkton were- in at the time, so I think that's where it was.
1: Shout yeah, out we to were Yorkton. on a fraud spree. Fraud spree. <laughs> Yorkton, Saskatchewan, we <laughs> see you. Um, so we take these Nuffalupagus toys into the lake, and we're, like, playing with mm-hmm. them and, like, making them swim. We're having the best time. And I don't know about you, but at the time, I felt like I was the luckiest human on the planet yeah. that I had found this discarded toy. How did you feel?
0: Um, well, I mean, really, again, it's like I say off the top of this, anytime I'm with you... Oh, could not on. be happier. Bless we you. We didn't get to see Bless each other you. a lot. So, I mean, God, if we, we could didn't. go back to, like, a trip where it's, we get automatically, like, three, four weeks together in a row. I mean, I think the I most we've done is maybe a week if if we're lucky. Like, as adults.
1: As adults, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a travesty. Yeah. But, yes, so the long story short too late is we were having a time. I felt like I had won the lottery. Yeah. We're playing and we got out of the water and then I, your, your mom was waiting, I believe with another mom oh, that's, and they were yeah. like, and the, this other mom was like, those are my son's toys. How dare you essentially steal them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I felt like, again, it, all things being equal. I had already had this very harrowing experience with a magician, <laughs> in the mall i was i think emotionally (laughs) raw and lucky you getting those thank you very much getting those snuffleupagus is taken from us i remember actually i remember it so vividly like it was such a disappointment to me and maybe you i mean again it's very sweet that you you felt you were happy to be with me but like the and i was happy to be with you don't get me wrong but those those toys i don't know why like it really affected me. Like, I just remember the emotions so much, which is odd. Oh,
0: look. Here's the thing. I, I, was I super happy just to be with you? Of course. Did having those toys in our possession feel what I'm guessing, like, heroin feels like? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah, There. there's... It really did. Because, there was nothing, like, malicious. There was no, like... No. Hey, that let's get those before that kid comes back to us. Somebody didn't love them anymore, and we loved them even more than that person did. So we're gonna we're gonna treat these right.
1: I just realized this is what started our shared passion for rescue animals. <laughs> <laughs> this these oh. these animals have been discarded. They didn't they weren't loved anymore, and we just really felt Like, we were going to provide them with love, and then to have them ripped away, I mean, how heartbreaking. I feel like we're doing a lot
0: of good work here. Like, we're unpacking a lot of stuff from our past.
1: What people didn't realize was they were going to, yeah, Mm -hmm. they they didn't realize they were going to be privy to, like, kind of group therapy when we talk about this. (laughs) Oh, I think they'll love it. Listen, it's it's all a gift for all yeah. of us. But anyway, it should also be noted that, of course, we gave the toys back. No questions yes. asked. We did not fight it at all. It was not, you know, we knew that at that point we had done wrong. But, you know, other highlights that I'm literally in this moment remembering, This I don't know if I've ever told you this or if you remember this, but we were sleeping in your bedroom in Yorkton. I vividly remember it because they had set up a cot next to your bed. So we were yeah. basically like, it was like one big bed. Which I loved. Yep. And we were jumping on the beds listening to Funky, Funky Christmas yep. by New Kids on the yep. Block. And I had never heard that song before. I had heard a lot of it. I had their tapes, but I did not have Funky, Funky Christmas. So I was like blown away. It was also like July, which I love our spirit for Christmas. We came about authentically, honestly. We
0: are the same people we were at like eight
1: we have not changed a bit <laughs> oh my gosh you're so right yeah. but in this moment we're jumping on the bed we're listening to this music and I said something about like you know what when we grow up we should live together and you said yeah that would be great but I already promised my other friend I would sorry <laughs> <laughs> that also stuck with I'm me <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry sorry what an no, asshole no, 8 year no, I was. No, not at all. Not at all. You were honest. Listen, you were popular. What could I oh, do? Oh, my God. I just wanted a piece Look, of it.
0: here's the thing. I cannot ever say I was ever described as popular. <laughs> I, I mean, I moved around a lot, so I was oh, just like, yeah, that's... I had like a specific set of friends and suddenly like two years later, we're moving to a new city And not really speaking with those people anymore. And suddenly I'm the new kid. And so new kid on the block, if I, if I may. Synergy. I know.
1: (laughs) Uh, This is
0: just a beautiful thing, how this keeps working. So yeah, I was never, I mean, I just love that I had a loyalty to this girl that I don't even think I've probably haven't spoken to her in, I don't know, a solid like 30 years. But I mean good god if I if I could go back in that moment I would have packed a suitcase and gone home with you
1: <laughs> bless your I heart. think the world
0: would implode if we ever lived in the same house but that is my dream for us for the future we're just we're just living the lives of the golden girls um oh, yeah. I just can't decide which one I'm going to be cuz this again this is a bit dark but I, <laughs>
1: I can't I mean, wait. It really comes
0: down to what happens with my husband. <laughs> 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 like, is, ah! If there's a divorce, I guess I'm Dorothy. But sure. if something were to happen, God it's forbid. a toss-up. Am I Rose or Blanche?
1: <laughs> it depends how I handle it. Now, you know? I want to say something. Please. I don't think you're Rose. I think that you're far too... Intelligent, street smart, all of the above. Not that she was unintelligent, but you know what? She was a bit of a she was a bit simple. Sure, and I think that you're 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 not. That's um, very kind. And then I was also going to say, I <laughs> I assumed you'd be Blanche, which is not necessarily a, an overt compliment, but I mean, I do feel like you no. have a joie de vivre when it comes to the opposite sex. Why? Because
0: I mention a different one at least every ten minutes of every episode. The idea uh, that I am just gonna be having the time of my life in my golden years is great. I mean, obviously, ideally, my husband will be alive for that. Of course, obviously, I'm just. I I hope he knows in advance that's gonna mean we're gonna we're gonna move in some sort of house that has a lanai. I will. Re- I oh, will yeah. request that.
1: Uh, oh, a lanai there's gonna is be for sure.
0: Multiple, multiple tiny little dogs. He's gonna hate oh, it. Yeah. So we're gonna need a specific video game. I assume he'll still be into that. I'm sure it's like a what if put the men then. in?
1: What if we put the men in guest houses? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent, because I was gonna say right? he'd need a room where there's no dogs. But he gets a place off the Lanai. Then I can constantly be like, I'll meet you on the Lanai, just so I have a reason to say Lanai. I I can cross to go over and see him. And then, you know, after like 50 years of me, he just needs more breaks and that's fine. Understandable. (laughs) He can just go across uh, and do his own thing. I don't know what he's going to be like, but then he can like yell at kids to get off our lawn or something. I don't know much about old guys, but like.
1: I think that's a passion they most mostly share. I think so.
0: And then he can avoid yeah. the dogs. He can come in any time that we're having cheesecake and just like yeah. that's the life I wanna lead.
1: Yeah. Now here's an important question. Yeah. I feel like I would be a Dorothy, but then I'm sting. But then am I like, am I also Ma? <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, this is gonna be fun to unpack.
1: So... Yeah, listen, I mean, I said you were blank. (laughs) The gloves are
0: off. Very quickly. (laughs) I mean, on one hand, valedictorian and math award, I could easily see you being Dorothy uh, because you definitely, definitely have those book smarts. Also, you have the sass. You know, I I could see you with your stan, you know, like, uh, nobody's B (laughs) Arthur. God, I love her. (laughs) But if you think that i couldn't see you being a blanche you're dead wrong
1: really i could see
0: it i could see it wow you made a yeah, birthday maybe. cake of your own ass
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes but that was celebrating me which is a you're right a, and she which did is that an she absolute did that blanche you're right. move total blanche absolutely. move absolutely are we both blanches <laughs> we might be <laughs>
0: Wow! Look, it is also more than possible. I could be Ma.
1: No, no, you're a plan. That's <laughs> for sure. I like how I mean hard it. into that you are.
0: <laughs> the thing is, I've always responded to her, and I love her. But yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I I would accept a gay sibling a lot faster than she did. That's for anybody who watched oh, the sibling, right. watched the show.
1: Right, of course. Well, it was also a different time. Not, it's true. I'm not excusing yeah. it at she all. She does rap, you know.
0: She does come around right. and is like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a, there's a but few lines with her that I feel like I
1: would be different. But yeah, I, that but checks. But good on the Golden Girls writers during the oh. time, it was the 80s. Like, it, I think it's great that she came around to a gay sibling. Like, that's pretty progressive for the but 80s. That's awesome. They
0: tackled so much. I could honestly, if you want to start a Golden Girls podcast, <laughs> Aware well, that recently I've also suggested a science podcast where we don't research, and now I'm saying yeah. a Golden Girls one. And I mean, I love the idea of like let's talk about the ep- let's talk about each episode, and then at the end we'll be like, "Well, I was definitely the rose today," you know. Like <laughs> I would just, I like the idea of like which one are we in this episode? So I mean, let's not.
1: We don't have the time now, but let's just not now put a pin in it. We're pinning it. it. We're pinning it. Golden Girls, science, who knows what's going to be next? But right now, what we're doing is an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. (laughs) So let's get into this week's Unsolved Mystery. This week, again, as I mentioned before, we are going to be discussing the episode Death Row Fugitive. This is from the second season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. I'll give you a brief synopsis of the story in case you have not watched that episode yet. Basically, this is what happens. In November 1965, Lester E. Eubanks confesses to the brutal killing of teenager Mary Ellen Deaner. While in prison, Lester is seen as a model prisoner and placed in an honor program, which allows him to go outside the prison walls without a guard. On one such trip, the honor program is taken to a local shopping mall to buy Christmas presents. When the trip is over, Lester is nowhere to be found, and he has been on the run ever since. And this was again so this was since 1965. So he has been on the run for Oh my gosh, now I'm I'm asking myself to do well, math. I, mean, I don't know what I technically he's
0: been on the run since 73. He, he committed why. the crime in 1965 there it is. and then did go to jail and was there for a while and then escaped on well, I can't even say escaped because they practically like drove him to the bus stop and went all right see you later man like i just in 47 years math award yeah it
1: took me that long it took me that long yeah so this is this is this episode i know that i remember because we binged all the episodes of this season in the same yeah. day and christy and i were basically like um you know constantly in contact about them because we you know again the reason we're doing this podcast we love unsolved mysteries yeah. This was a hard watch, Mm -hmm. and we both felt when we were watching it. I remember you were a little bit ahead of me, and you were just like, ah, this episode, like, oh, my gosh, it is dark. And I think it's important to note, you know, the idea immediately that a prison, there's a prison program Mm -hmm. that is allowing prisoners to go and do things like Christmas shopping at a mall, where I will remind you, unattended. Mm-hmm. and you're choosing a child killer a multiple rapist and child killer this that to me was the biggest mystery of this yeah. mystery um yeah. more than anything so i remember at the time i think i had posted on instagram that i was like i'm gonna need you to research the justice system <laughs> in america in the 70s yeah. because what's going on so i feel like we should just get into yeah. it yeah. obviously again just a just a very confusing uh very confusing case very confusing situation very again very dark
0: yeah I mean I think when we binge these and we were on Instagram and I was learning how to do stories because yes I I don't really understand technology um, so I'm not good at it. So I'm just not sure how to have it. I mean, I did have to text you multiple times and like, what button do I hit? I don't understand. <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, you it's did this great, button." Though. Uh, I the only thing I remember about that and the videos that I posted was the amount of times I was like, enraged. I, I know. this is insane. There, it's so hard to decide where to start with how maddening this is so he i mean like he got caught well i don't know do we jump back
1: f- maybe from, we like, go back and we just what he did go through yeah yeah so he was out on parole at the time of this murder. Uh, correct he was
0: out on a five thousand dollar bond for an attempted rape so he had already had past things so he was a serial sex offender at this point
1: Right, which yes. is, you know, again, it's so mm. awful mm-hmm. that then somebody who is out on a bond for sex-based crimes yeah. then, of, co- of course, recommits. I mean, that is it's just so frustrating. But it was November 14th in 1965, and, of course, our, our victim, Mary Ellen, and her sister, Brenda. So Mary Ellen was 14 at the time. Yeah. She was with her 12-year-old sister. And they were at a, a laundromat at night, I believe. yes. Yeah. And they needed, uh, the dryer at home was broken. It's all right. those little details that must haunt this family. Absolutely. You know, how awful that it's like, if only the dryer hadn't been broken. Like, I'm sure I can only imagine. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But they were at this first laundromat. They needed change. So Mary Ellen went to a second laundromat that was very close. I think on the episode they said it was like less than a five minute walk. Yeah, like, just it was like not- right around
0: the corner. Yeah.
1: And in that time, she unfortunately encountered Lester, yeah. who shot her twice. Yeah. And, and then just went home. Was, and he went home to go
0: get ready to go out dancing. Like.
1: And then the, the sickest part of this, that's sick enough, yeah. but the sickest part of this for me was that then he went back to her body. Yeah. yeah where she was. Un- fortunately and i mean it's just the details of this case are so awful but she was technically still alive clinging to life yeah. and he he bludgeoned her with a brick to kill yeah. her correct mm-hmm. again and i i only feel like we really need to hit these details yeah. because it's hard to talk about and, and and awful to talk about but just for the context that it that there was a real failure here mm-hmm. that this person ended up in this quote honors program uh, that of course then eventually let him uh, escape and has he's been on the run ever yeah. since. I mean, he still is, obviously. So they did find him by checking like the caliber of the weapon. There was like, again, in in this area, yeah. they basically just like matched to the weapon, found his name, and then he, had, he, he confessed, correct? Yeah,
0: they took the bullets, figured out what kind of gun I think they came from, went around to a different gun shops, hardware stores, whatever, found, looked through their ledgers, found that he had purchased the gun, on October 23rd, this happened November 14th. So he didn't even have that gun for like three, I think he had it for like three weeks. So less than a month. And he has this and gun. And some
1: would say, you know, shouldn't there be a system where if you're a registered, well, maybe he wasn't a registered sex offender. Is that the point?
0: Well, I, I, th- at I that assume point? that at that point they didn't really have it. Maybe. Right. I'm not sure. But yeah, you would think he shouldn't have been... Allowed to have one, but I think back then they were just like, "Oh, you want one? Great, see ya." You know, like I think that's what it was. But yeah, they see that he had uh, purchased it. He lived in the area, so they ended up talking to informants, and informant was like, "I saw him in the area that night." So they go pick him up, and I, from what it sounds like, without any trouble, he's just like, "Oh yeah, I totally did," and like went into graphic detail. On what he had done, so admitted it. He gets arrested. They have a trial. He goes. He gets sentenced uh, with a death penalty, and uh, he goes to Ohio State Penitentiary. So great, we can put that all behind us. Then, three separate times, they don't. S- they say for unknown reasons. So I assume they just straight up don't know, or they're not going to tell us because I can't find right. why. But three separate times. His execution got stayed. So he didn't have to, they didn't go through with it. And then in 1972, the death penalty was abolished, which we'll get into that and why that happened at some point. I was going to say in a moment, but I'm like, this is a runaway train. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know when we're going (laughs) to take certain stops. Of course. So the death penalty gets abolished. And so they're like, well, we've got all these prisoners on death row what are we going to do with them now? So they like reverted all of their sentences and just made them into a life sentence instead. Right. And then while he's in this prison, he they said he was a model prisoner and that's what brought him into this honors program. I have a lot of issues with <laughs> so much of this, but that honors program, yeah. I'm really upset about. I mean, the whole point of the honors program is to rehabilitate convicts in order to be able to help them re-enter society. I just couldn't help but like scream at like, this is a guy that you're like, well, he's gonna be back in society. So we gotta make sure it's okay. And it's just, I mean, they did say uh, on multiple times that he was like a real smooth talker. And right. so I feel like he really played that to his best uh, interests. He was apparently a great but doesn't artist. Doesn't
1: it feel now? What? I don't know. I don't know how much you looked into this whole uh, reward honor program, but like, what did did you get into any details about like what that broke down to? I don't even know if they talk about it because it feels a little bit random that somebody who is had admitted to killing a child in an extremely brutal way would even qualify like to me I can understand programs for people you know obviously it goes without saying also that in America there is a huge issue in in my opinion with the prison system and and people getting put into prison for you know minor offenses for very long periods of time and I think that there Mm -hmm. are obviously people that of course would qualify for an honors program who are there for you know, misdemeanors, small things. Mm-hmm. I get it. But how on earth does a child, an admitted child kill, mm-hmm. killer and sex offender, how does that person qualify for this? Uh, Yeah.
0: So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it All already.
0: Right. I have looked into honor their the honor program. Uh, I've right. looked into specifically uh, that very prison because that was my goal of like that to me, This is their, this, this is their fuck up. So I'm like, I need to find out what they have done to fuck that up. So yes, I've been looking into that. I am going to jump back for one second. Please. So the death penalty, I mean, the death penalty, like there's multiple things back in that point. It was mostly like uh, electrocution They started leaning towards uh, some lethal injection kind of a thing. They got rid of the death penalty, and I will tell you why the second I find that in my notes. So, Of course. (laughs) I am losing my mind. Of course. So, in 1972, there was this asshat named William Henry Furman. Okay. He breaks into somebody's house. He claims that while he was escaping from the house, he tripped and his gun went off and it accidentally shot the homeowner and the homeowner died. Okay. At one point when he was first arrested for this, he told the police that he, he heard somebody chasing after him and turned bl- and just shot blindly into the dark, not realizing he'd hit anybody. So I find it very right. interesting he's changed his story. Of so course. he had just a real just bulldog of a lawyer. And <laughs> his lawyer was like, "You know what? The death penalty goes against everything in our constitution and it is cruel and unusual punishment." And so this ended up going to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court's like, "Damn, yeah, I'm sure that's not actually. Wait
1: a minute. <laughs> oh, they this responded is- to that. No, 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 yeah. but this this is this is the case that was what, because there was so many cases over mm-hmm. the years of people who were wrongly executed. Mm-hmm. but that's not what brought it to the Supreme Court. It was this dude and his just very good lawyer.
0: and the fact that this dude's story didn't stay the same. Yeah. yeah. Again, the enraging didn't stop.
1: Even when I was researching this,
0: (laughs) so yeah, so this guy, he, he, because he shot and killed somebody while he was committing a felony, because he was, burglary is considered a felony. So while somebody died at his hand while he's committing a felony, that automatically means he's found that he's like guilty of murder. So, because this, here's a, more of my research because there's this little thing called the felony murder rule and it's when an offender kills somebody regardless as to their intent if they kill somebody in the commission of a felony the offender and any of their accomplices can be found guilty of murder so this guy Uh, was found guilty of murder and he was eligible for the death penalty and that's when his lawyer really stuck to his guns and was like whoa 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 but we can't kill the guy. That's against the constitution.
1: I see. So the idea being that somebody who plans a murder, who, who, you know, uh, what first degree murder type thing that of course qualified for the death penalty at the time. But his argument was, well, this wasn't a, you know, premeditated crime. Yes, It was a quote accident or whatever while he was committing a felony. Therefore, he shouldn't actually qualify okay so i can see the rationale i can understand the rationale true i I understand this like this law train of thought sure yeah
0: because of this the states are like oh god okay we need to get rid of the death penalty it is cruel and unusual punishment that goes against the eighth amendment we have to get out of this so they decide everybody we're just gonna everybody's out we're not gonna do it anymore Uh, that was in 1972. And so of course, Lester in jail at this point is on death row. And so he gets moved to a life sentence instead of, uh, death row or instead of a death penalty. So (laughs) I thought like on the episode they mentioned, he then was dealing with a life sentence. I thought, because again, I don't know the law. That a life sentence meant you're in prison for the rest of your life. That's right. truly, genuinely what I thought. I'm sorry for the lawyers that <laughs> that are listening and they're like, oh boy. So <laughs> uh, I then looked into life sentences and yeah, it says a life sentence means you're to remain in prison either for the rest of your natural life or... Until you're pardoned or paroled or otherwise commuted to a fixed term. So a life sentence is like for the rest of your life or whenever.
1: I think that's why they started the whole Mm -hmm. uh, life in prison without parole. Like there was like a new. Right. Because that is. Bananas to me
0: to me. <laughs> Just bananas. Well it
1: does feel like and listen like the death penalty is obviously a very controversial contentious concept yeah. and issue but it is interesting to go from well it's interesting first of all like like did Lester plead guilty when yes. he because I thought that he, I think he, did. And he still got yeah. sentenced to death because that also has changed that now if you plead guilty you're not going to get a death penalty because the death penalty does still exist in certain states mm. in America but all of that being said It's just interesting to me that, I mean, they really, they really overcorrected where it was like, we're going to get rid of the death penalty. And guess what? Now you also get life sentences and there is a chance that you'll get parole and get out of prison when you've admitted to the murder of a child again. Like that's just, it's just wild to me. But anyway, I digress. Uh,
0: Well, I mean, spoiler alert, as anybody knows from today, the death penalty's back. (laughs) It it has come back and we'll get into how it came back and- Current things, such as uh did you know, as of twenty nineteen, the United States is one of thirty-six countries in the world that uses the death penalty. Eighteen percent of the countries in the world use the death penalty, the rest don't. And the US is the, the US is the only Western country that uses it. And I mean, I get it. Wow. I get get that people are falsely accused of things and they go to jail and serve time they shouldn't have to and they don't deserve to die for it of course but (laughs) (laughs)
1: here she comes
0: this is as a mother (laughs) if anybody like and it doesn't even it doesn't have to be my child any child just any child if you harm a child like to that level he didn't just harm her like he was horrific he there's no denying it he has very graphic details he admitted it was him so we know it was him and they're just like okay cool whereas i know this isn't the right attitude to have but i'm like well kill him anyway let him you caught you gave him the death sentence great put those cuffs on right to the chair and away we go i get that the electric <laughs> chair is a whole other thing oh, i can't believe awful. these are the statements i'm gonna make but i'm more in favor of lethal injection
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I mean,
0: because lethal injection is more of like a i even have it somewhere in my notes but like uh it's three specific drugs Oh God! Right. I don't know where that is in my notes, but
1: I've also I've also seen some specials about how it can go wrong. Oh, okay, sure.
0: Uh, but again, I love that I, I love that I'm sta- I'm going to die on this mountain. If it's a monster and you know, and he even has admitted to doing it, it's like, yeah, we don't need that human on the planet. But again, I Look, know that this is a very controversial.
1: It's very contentious, <laughs> and listen, I understand. But listen, it is emotion; it is an emotional issue overall, oh, yeah. and I think that, you know, obviously, I, it goes without saying. You've said it already; I've said it already. Anytime harming of a of a mm-hmm. child, especially, is happening, of course, emotions run high in in how we feel. We should handle these things, and I think honestly, it's cases like this, it's stories like this, that probably push people more towards why was he still alive? He should have been dead, etc. You know, if there was a, and it's just so funny to even talk about because I feel like the prison system in America is such a disaster Mm -hmm. and has been run so horribly and has been used to, you know, oppress so many people. It's wild to me that this even Mm -hmm. ever happened. It's just like, it feels impossible again for a system that has felt so the other way from this has felt like it's mm-hmm. an eye for an eye all of those kind of ideals the fact that this happened again that's that's the mystery for me truly yeah about all of this
0: agreed i mean yeah. if you're ready yeah. i want to talk about the prison specifically this prison
1: you know what mm-hmm. i want to get I want to get a drink first. Let's pause. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear specifically about this prison. And I can't wait because I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Lauren Ash, and I hope you are enjoying this episode of True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. A couple of quick reminders. If you're looking for any of the visuals Christy mentions in this or any of our episodes of the podcast, make sure to follow us at True Crime and Cocktails on Instagram. There she posts a case file with all the relevant visuals for each episode of the show. If that's not enough for you, you want a little bit more, go to our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. There Christy posts extensive virtual case files. This is literally everything she finds in her research. It's a treasure trove of deep dives, and it's all there for your enjoyment. Also on the website, you can find our full unedited Zoom episodes of the show if you'd like to watch rather than listen. And make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at True Crime and Cocktails, Twitter at not detectives and the most important piece of information if you like the show please wherever you listen to it give us a nice rating go on to Apple leave us a nice review. I know it sounds like a silly cliche but the truth is it really goes a long way in this crazy podcast world and your support means the world to us But enough about all that get yourself another drink sit back and enjoy the rest of the show All right we're back course, we're talking about the episode of Unsolved Mysteries from Netflix, Death Row Fugitive. And where we left off, Christy was going to get into telling us a little bit more about this prison that, of course, let this ex-death row, current life sentence, child killer, sexual offender, let him out and, of course, let him escape. Tell us a little bit more about the Ohio State Penitentiary, will you?
0: First of all, it's in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I have also a fun, I love that I've chosen to, to start this off with a fun fact. I'm I'm basically IMDB <laughs> at this point.
1: I love it. So
0: the this particular prison was in Columbus. It had a sister prison in Mansfield, which is actually where this whole this whole episode takes place. At the sister prison, the movie Shawshank Redemption was filmed there.
1: Hey. So,
0: you know, a little bit of. There you go. A little bit of Tinseltown trivia there. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thank, she, you for your, she, thank you for your use of Tinseltown. <laughs> I love that.
0: Oh. Well, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm still cracking up at Glenn using the term on we watched oh yes we we did watch superstore last night so oh bless you know of course of course we do so my voice i don't know if you noticed but when i said tinseltown i did slightly raise my voice i didn't want a full glenn but i like just slightly raised it uh but yeah so that is still in my mind so uh yes fun trivia shawshank redemption really great movie a nice Great, young mommy. tim robbins fuck i just want to stop mentioning dudes i love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my husband so much like of course and the thing is
1: ah,
0: bl- you're a blanche bless- it's
1: bigger than you
0: <laughs> i am such a blanche <laughs> i i love that i started this with like an oh well no blanche oh no and it's like now i'm like yeah 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 oh yeah this yeah yeah yeah, that's I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or not I'm gonna be exhausted (laughs) oh god
1: I'm looking forward to it for you yeah
0: oh god I can't wait um I'm just already thinking about the flowy outfits and I just want her confidence level really it's something I love about her and I love Rue McClanahan
1: look we're gonna work on it through our therapy sessions we're gonna work on it
0: (laughs) for everyone to enjoy of
1: course. Yeah. All right. Back to the prison. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this prison was opened in like 1834. Wow. In But they closed in 1984. So oh. they weren't really open as long as you would think. Uh, so in 1930s, the, the inmates set a fire. In the 1950s, there was a massive riot. The 1960s were so incredibly violent. How could they be more violent than fires and riots, you ask? Multiple riots. So in 1968, in June and August, there were huge riots in this prison to the point where the one in August, uh, the inmates took nine guards hostage. Whoa! It, It required Highway Patrol, Columbus Police prison personnel and the national guard to get this to stop so at this point we're talking now like late 60s they're like jesus we gotta do something because the inmates are out of control right so around this time uh the state of ohio decided you know what we need to do some sort of rehabilitation they kind of got this idea that if they give inmates more privileges, they would see fewer problems. So they figured if we get this, if we get something really nice, like really nice, and these prisoners like it enough that they don't want it taken away, they might behave better. So also around this time, they brought in a new warden who had a master's degree in psychology. And his oh. his full belief was that people will change if they're given the chance. And that's that's lovely. But like child killers, maybe not. But again, again,
1: yeah, again. as a mother. Yeah, listen, I can't as help. an aunt, I again, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I do have to say, I don't disagree with that rationale. And I think that there is something about positive reinforcement as opposed yes. to negative punishment. I totally agree with that. And I agree with that as a model. I really do. Not for the child killers. Like, that's where it falls apart for me. If you stole money, if you, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, if you got caught with drugs, these are things where I do believe that that doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. There is a lot of circumstance that can lead people to that. And I believe that that kind of system, absolutely for those people, 100%. You kill a kid, you're done. (laughs) (laughs) It's a one-strike system in that. Yeah. Right? Let's say you don't get the honor system. I just, I I feel ah. like
0: there has to be a system in place where you can say things like, but it's a case by case basis.
1: Like it doesn't
0: have to be an overarching thing. And just because this guy who was caught with pot is going to go to jail doesn't mean that he should have like negative things happen because, you know, who knows what his situation was, but of course, I don't give a flying fuck what your situation is? <laughs> you don't kill a child.
1: No, no, and that's kill the bottom a person,
0: line. But like,
1: you don't kill a child. I it's, it's just, also yeah. listen. And I'm not, I'm not condoning other murder. Let me also make that very, yes. very clear. Yes, I'm not condoning any murder mm-hmm. at all. But there's also a difference between. Mm-hmm you know what I mean? Crimes of passion, manslaughter, these things that happen and somebody going and seeing a child and, and doing what he did. I don't want to go over the details again. It's too much, but you know what I mean? There's a big difference, but even between killings is my point. And Mm -hmm. again, you kill a kid, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Put him in a dark room, leave him in solitary for life. Look, goodbye enough.
0: Can I just say something I'm feeling right now? I can't wait. When you're, when, when you're, when you're not, when you have time, When you have spare time,
1: (laughs) I'm listening. And I know that that's
0: probably (laughs) quite far in the future, but very rare. When you have spare time, could you look into pitching some sort of Judge Judy type show? Because I want people to come to you and I want them to stand there and grovel. And I want them to be like, oh, well, you know, I didn't pay, you know child support or something and I just want you to do that exact thing and be like (laughs) you disrespect a child you die you know like (laughs) I want that like I want listen all of it Chrissy Teigen had her own
1: judge show on Quibi why can't I you know who I'd Mm -hmm. like to emulate have you ever seen those those videos that went viral of the judge I don't know where he is but he always um he's the understanding judge so for example there was like an elderly man who like ran a stop sign or something when he was taking his severely mentally handicapped son to an appointment. And then this Let judge, of course, go. is like, yeah, this, oh, this judge is a gem. Oh, it's so uplifting. I cry. Every one of those videos, I cry. That's the judge I want to be. When there's, when there's BS, oh yeah, then you're going to see this judge. But when it's something that's reasonable, then you're going to see this. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Go on. But you learned your lesson. Go on. If you could use your, if you
0: could use the gavel, to do like a, scoot, just like a, <laughs> just a very like, <laughs> skidaddle, get out
1: of get here. Get out of
0: Come here. Come on. But like with the gavel. Yeah. Oh If yeah. we could just like, if we could get the this. The judgment showing, is, going, scoot. Absolutely. And then can I be the bailiff that when something like that happens, I lean forward and go,
1: absolutely. (laughs) That's what I want.
0: Absolutely,
1: yes, I love it. That's
0: what I want. And then I want them to bring in tough cases like, you know, it's like, oh, well, we have this guy who's killed a child. And then bailiff gets a little uh, in contempt. And like, although I don't think I don't think the bailiffs can do that. But like all of a sudden then I'm like as a mother and then you're just like get you're you're done. Yeah. What
1: I like is the idea that a TV judge would be trying child murder cases. I don't know if we're going to be able to get this made. Look.
0: When I want reality TV, I want
1: reality. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse I me, mean, okay. of course. You're you're
0: you're new to judging. Let's start you off smaller. Let's start you with like the petty thefts and like the breakups where the guy won't give her her shit back. Or like, of course, any of those kind of situations. I would like to see a couple fighting over who gets to keep the dog. Oh, God, no, I can't do that to you. You'd be too. You would. You would. No, you wouldn't handle that. You'd be upset.
1: I would be upset, but I think I could. I think I could try that case, or I think I could. I could judge that case.
0: Would would it involve putting the dog between them and having the do- them both just stand there silently and waiting to see which one the dog goes to? A hundred percent. Yes. Can I? Can I suggest maybe another method that I've just thought of now? Because yeah. we're off the rails completely. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Smirnov. <laughs> <laughs> we. We put the dog in a room. Okay. We let one of the one of them come in. Let's say we'll we'll put them we'll put the woman in first because. Well, I love that women, I'm assuming a women man children and children first. We'll put one person in first.
1: Sure. Yeah. We can't. We can't We're begin to understand behind, what whether what the genders are. So we'll yeah. say one person in. first. One yes. person.
0: Yeah. I'm already. I've already changed it. Yeah. One person. So somebody comes in. We are behind, like, a two way glass. With with a stopwatch, me in my bailiff's uniform,
1: of course, which is going—that's the most important. Which is going, part.
0: which is going to consist of the shirt and tie at the top, and, 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 and pajama bottoms because I don't do slacks. So
1: <laughs> I cannot wait to pitch this show. <laughs> So, okay. so, right. so, so you're you're half drunk i'm fully really crying this is this is the hardest i've laughed on this show yet okay so waste yeah. up business waste down Bedtime. <laughs> Keep yeah. going. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah.
0: So yeah, I've got my okay. pajama bottoms behind the. Back. We're behind the glass. We're
1: behind the two-way glass. Okay.
0: I, ha- I use a stopwatch. <laughs> the person enters. We give the dog a second <laughs> to see. We set the timer. We record it in my very, very detailed notes. Of course. The person leaves. Okay, we give it a minute. Maybe we spray the air with something else. We give the dog some treats, something calming. Just a second. Yeah.
1: What, what were we? T-
0: <laughs> we're t- oh, oh sorry. We're- <laughs> I was. Just- <laughs> we time to see how long it takes the dog to come to them so, without. They it. just they enter the room. They're not allowed sure. to say anything the dog if the dog comes to them we time how long it takes the dog to come to them without them calling the dog got it okay ideally the person who wins is going to be the one we don't even get to the stopwatch before the dog's already there so that person leaves we wait we do something you know like you do with like something to like a palate cleanser the dog gets like some sort of treat we go in give it a little belly rub oh can i pet the dog the dog's (laughs) not real (laughs) yeah yes okay thank you yes it'll be in my contract (laughs) pajama bottoms and 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 i get to pet the dogs so uh we bring in the second person great timer time it again see how long it takes whichever one of them is the shortest time clearly that's who the dog loves (laughs) and if by some miracle it's the exact like down to the exact second Rock paper scissors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is yeah. a this is a TV show court pitch that is waiting to happen. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. I, I would also
0: it. like the entire like first three quarters of the show to just be filmed from the waist up, and then the end, <laughs> just like the end credits, the pan
1: out to me in pajama bottoms. <laughs> look, look, I don't. I'm not trying to name drop. Mm -hmm. Not that this is even a big name drop. But I just have to very quickly say... I did match game in Canada, Canada's match game. And of course, it involves celebrities. One of the people on my episode was Norm MacDonald. They told Norm, you will only be seen from the waist up. So what Norm did was he brought a series of dress shirts and sweatpants. But what they failed to tell him was that at the end of every episode, all the celebrities go down and greet the person. So if you watch these old episodes of Canada Match Game, it's Norm MacDonald in a button-down shirt. And then just the baggiest, most janky sweatpants you've ever seen. It is adorable, but this is what I was picturing this whole time. Oh, my God. What a gift. I haven't had a meltdown like that of laughter in in as long as I can remember, so bless you. We're going to have to edit out a lot of that. Nope, this is what the people get. Anyway, back to the child murderer. Why is this the episode where I'm laughing this hard? Okay, This is so, why we have
0: to. We have to balance, have to you know balance it
1: out. You know what? You're right. I think we've both been feeling a lot of anxiety about this episode yes. because we were both so disgusted by a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think that our fight or flight mechanisms are making us, <clears throat> of course. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right. So. Back to Ohio, Ohio Okay, State Ohio protectory. State. Here's the thing. Yes. I so actually have new-
0: kind of a sweet, uh, not sweet, but kind of an, <laughs> an adorable story about Ohio State. Great. So around this time that they're like, we're going to try, we need to re- rehabilitate these men. We right. need to do something. So they decide in 1969, they're going to take um, these honor people. Well, before we even get there, they decided... You know, the more privileges we give them, you know, the, the fewer problems we're going to see, which of I'd course. already said. So they're like, well, we need to teach them how to function on the outside of the prison. So they started with like work release programs and shopping trips for to reward good behavior. Right. So in 1969, the Ohio State Fair comes to town. I assume it comes to town every year. But specifically, 1969 is the year we're focusing on.
1: Right. So the
0: warden let 150 of these honor... They 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 were living in what's called an honor dorm, which was a different section of the prison where they had, like... They were free to go wherever they wanted in this prison, which, okay. they They could do what they wanted to. They could wear what they wanted to they had so many privileges it was disgusting. So he take he lets these 150 guys i assume i think he did it in different sections i don't think they all went at once but he gets them on a bus and takes them to the fair. They get off the bus and are told you have to return at this specific hour. But go. Go have fun. Go see all these people. And they all go. And they all come back at the appropriate time, except for one guy who got lost at the fair because it was so big. And I don't know why I find this adorable. He was so scared of getting in trouble for not being back at the appropriate time. He went to a police booth and turned himself in (laughs) and asked to be taken to the bus.
1: There's a bus waiting for me. I just don't know where it is. Can can you imagine...
0: Being a cop, sit, which is another reality show I would like to pitch for you, but we'll get to that another Jeez. time. Um, I just like sitting at this booth, and this guy approaches you and is like, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm here with with the prison," and they're like, "Okay," and it's like, "Where's the bus? I just want to go back." Like <laughs> just it's wanna just go back. there's something so sweet and innocent about that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Which um. I mean, they all return, and then they ended up doing it for the next few years. But, like, him, the warden allowing them to do this, that had never been done before. They went in plain clothes and everything. Like, nobody at that fair knew that there were a bunch of inmates walking around.
1: And I just want to say, when I said I support all of these programs, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I do. I do support the idea that people who have done you know misdemeanors exact you know small crimes I do believe they should be these programs are great do I think they need to go in plain clothes and be left like okay have fun Mm -mm, go mm -mm. have three hours alone I don't know about that I think that there is of course there has to be a middle ground here where it's like you get extra privileges you know those kinds of things I, I, I don't know that they need to be Again, I think that there's lots of ways that you can reward people and ma- and treat them like humans because I do believe they should be treated like humans. Absolutely. But, but being unsupervised for hours, I don't know about that. No,
0: no. I'm not on board with that. There, these honor dorms. Yes. There was a woman, a journalist in 1971. Her name was Rita Shade, which... To all my Harry Potter fanboys and fangirls and f- fan non-binary, I don't know, I'm trying to be really Fine inclusive. Fan people. Fan people. All the fan people out there who love Harry Potter. When I heard that there was a journalist called Rita Shade, I was like, oh, Rita Skeeter, am I right? And I know she's not going to get this. So that's not why I'm saying all. it to you. Uh, because I know that you'll get it. And I was just instantly like, "Well, well, I don't trust her because nobody trusts Rita Skeeter. But again... She doesn't get this. This was this was uh for my fellow. Do we have a name? Harry Potterheads? Potterheads?
1: Isn't Potterhead Potterheads? Potterheads,
0: is you're right. I was gonna be an asshole and be like, are we like Potterids? No, nope. that's fuck off, Chrissy.
1: I also want to say kudos right. for for kudos for recognizing the non-binary people and people who identify uh otherwise in reference to J.K. Rowling, which is a very contentious issue right Look, now. Because, you know. Here's the thing.
0: I will fully go on the record i love the harry potter series i did not have the chance to be into it as a kid as i am an old lady um they started coming out when i was late into high school um but even then i didn't get into it i didn't know it was i barely knew it was a thing i got into it as an adult and i i love the books I love the movies. Oh, here she fucking goes again. I love Ron Weasley. <laughs> yeah. I also I also love Serious Black, but that's a whole other thing.
1: Blanche, Blanche, but... <laughs> Blanche. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess just know your role, Christy, right? <laughs> like I, <laughs> I should know your Anyway, have known you love ago. them. So I but... love I love I just love that series. And I know there's some things about it that are like, okay, that's questionable. But I just, I love it. I'm just full in it. I do not agree in any way with the author. Uh, It has gotten to the point I had to stop following her on Twitter. I I just, every time her name comes up, I'm like, I am embarrassed for the entire fandom. I've, I mean, I've already, I've already purchased the books and the movies and like that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to be that person that's like, well, I'm going to set it on fire as like an F you to her because, because I love it so much, you guys. (laughs) But I don't support her. Anything she wants to do from now on, she's, she's on her own as though my support (laughs) alone was what was keeping her afloat. I was paying that electric bill, but I do not support her in any way. I don't agree with anything uh that she has said so yes let's get that out because i don't i i don't care if you want to you you want to be who you want to be be true to yourself and that's all i care absolutely about. love what you love absolutely. love who you love just love who you are is that an expression yeah. it should be because that was really beautiful or am i drunk that's both <laughs> <That> part- <laughs>
1: Look, I just—it was beautiful, thank you. and you are drunk. Yes. But yes, Look, no, it, that is, and I and I totally yeah, agree. Listen, I just, absolutely, I want people to be happy. Of course, of course, and and yes, there and is be nothing happy
0: being yourself.
1: You know, yes, absolutely, absolutely. It breaks my heart when people feel like they can't be themselves, Ugh. and I understand that there's lots of reasons why people can't yes. in times in their lives. So that's it's not a judgment, but of course, in the perfect world, and you know. It's 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 a nuanced, difficult issue again. But I like that we're talking about it because, again, I think that it's important for everyone to know that I think it is you know living your truest existence and your truest being your truest self is so important. And and we see all of you. Yeah, back to the prisons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So okay, Rita Shade is her name. Rita Shade. Rita Shade. Yes, back to Rita is her name. Who,
0: to, to everybody else, they're just like, okay, and? But I see you, Potterheads, and I love you. So she interviewed a few inmates who were at Ohio's State Penitentiary and in these honor dorms. So, uh, And I'm sorry, when was this? This was 1971. Thank you very so, much. So... At this point, Lester, I guess, technically would have, would have been in prison, but he's not right. one that she interviewed. I was right. just interested in this because this is like the honor part. He was part of this honor program, so I was interested in getting the inmate side from this same program he was in. They said that because of riots, they decided to relax the rules more and allow inmates convicted of the less offensive crimes to be placed in the honor dorms. So I think once they had been doing this for a few years, they then later on, that's how Lester ended up getting into this program because they'd been doing this for years with the less offensive people. And then he's a smooth talker. He just like, he won everybody over. Everybody kind of found him charming and great, which is just, I can't. So I think they ended up uh, letting him into this program, even though that was just a terrible idea. One of the inmates said, and this... This is a quote of how he felt about the honor program. He said, One day you're in there heavily guarded and the next day you're out here. You can go to bed when you want, wear your own clothes, and walk about freely. Right after I got transferred to the honor dorm, they gave me $6 and took me downtown and let me go shopping. I didn't know what to do. There I was walking among all these people. Now, I know they say less offensive crimes, but that's terrifying to me that they let, like, someone who's convicted of something, like, who knows what this person was convicted of, just, like, wander the streets. Like, here's money, go figure it out. That's weird to me. Another inmate also thought that it was crazy that uh, a murderer would get the longest sentence. So they, they had a very variety of inmates that they talked to. But the governor at the time was like, okay, so let's say you're sentenced to a minimum of 10 years. You could see the board at half your sentence and then have your uh, sentence commuted and just be eligible for parole. So that's the kind of governor I feel like we don't need. (laughs) Just to be like, yeah, well, you know what? You're supposed to be in for 10 years. Halfway through, ah, we'll let you out. So these honor dorms seemed like problematic for the sake of They wanted to rehabilitate, but it also felt like they threw them in the deep end.
1: Yeah, because I was going to say, if someone's sentenced to 10 years and then they have good behavior, et cetera, et cetera, it was Mm -hmm. a minor crime, I would be happier to have that person be released from prison than I would somebody who's done something horrific is just allowed to walk around on the streets Mm -hmm. unsupervised. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can understand... Lessening sentences, I can understand giving privileges. All of those things. It's yeah. it's the it's the release with no supervision. I would even yeah. understand. Again, not the child killers, but I would even understand yeah. the release with supervision for other for for like nonviolent offenses. Yeah, but again, I just it's I just it's wild to me that this was. I just I guess for me, I never knew that this was on the table. I felt yeah. like. You know, what I know of, and I, I'm not saying I'm an expert, I'm not, but what I know of the, of the prison system here, I always thought of it the other way. And this is just like a, it's just a real kind of like mind fuck because it's like, sure. this. I just can't believe, I never knew that this was happening. Um, certainly on this level. And it's, it's crazy to think about. <laughs> okay. So. This is what's happened. Yes. He, for whatever reason, he's charmed his way in, or he's a smooth talker, etc. Yep. He's a part of the program. They take him to a mall, they're going Christmas shopping, like the, the program had already been set up. Yep. It's go off, have your time, and meet us back at this point. Yep. He obviously does not return at the time he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Again, this was 47 years ago. He's been on the run ever since. He hasn't been caught ever since. But I think it's important to note a couple of details. Obviously, for example, in the episode, a, a police officer who was kind of assigned to this case 20 years after the fact kind of put his name into the system, the police computer that I know you'd love to get your hands on for 20 oh, minutes in general. give her time, guys. Come on. Just like 25 um, but minutes. But put his name in, and there was no outstanding warrants. So this person had escaped using this, this program, and there was no current warrants for him at that time. Yeah. Which means, in practical terms, if he got pulled over by the police and he gave his license, now obviously I'm sure he would be giving a fake name, but in a world where he didn't, mm-hmm. if his name ever got run, something would come up to that cop saying, this person is wanted for XYZ. Yes. He was not in the system. No. Nope. How does that happen? Uh,
0: they did put out, like, the Franklin County, which is... I believe, the county in Ohio, because I can't imagine it being anywhere else. They put out a local warrant for his arrest. Right. But then 20 years later, when people were looking into it, that was no longer there. So someone had obviously gotten rid of it or something, which is weird. So then it makes you wonder what sort of like were like any prison guards or cops or any kind of thing like that in on it. But why what do they gain from him like he wouldn't have had money to pay them like it just doesn't make sense to me. I think the whole thing can be summed up in the quote that was one of the my favorite quotes that anybody on that show has said they interviewed a detective and he was talking about like about Lester and how he's a serial sex offender and the fact that he was allowed to participate in the program and his (laughs) quote was well that was a real bad idea.
1: <laughs> and I yeah, burst, I burst yeah. out
0: laughing and I was like, yeah, man.
1: <laughs> it was, was. It was a real bad idea. idea.
0: So I mean, okay, so Lester goes. He he yeah. he goes to this mall, he takes off, he's gone. At this point, the death penalty is gone. Like right. no one's really allowed. No one's supposed to do it. So then 1976 happens. And then we get this joker named Troy Leon Gregg. I'm listening. him, and I think a few friends of his i i, I it could have just been him, uh, was he's hitchhiking. Two men stop, offer him a ride. He shoots them, he robs them, and then he steals their car. So he's found guilty of two counts of murder, armed robbery sentenced to the death penalty right he is the first condemned which means you know sentenced to death individual whose sentence was upheld after the person who had the death penalty taken away right his lawyer and he tried to challenge the verdict they were like oh the death penalty though that's like unconstitutional the supreme court this time went, nah, we're good. (laughs) And they decided that their reason was that the punishment of death could act as as a deterrent to any like potential murderers. This case then changed and made the Supreme Court look at like how and different limits on what they could, that could be done with the death penalty. This guy is in jail awaiting death row. It's 1980 now. Him and three other prisoners escape. They are the first death row breakout in Georgia's history. Wow. Yeah. They altered their prison clothes to look like guard uniforms, which I hate that I never found photos because I'm dying to know how they pulled that off. But they did a little like Project Runway. They got themselves out. They sawed through the bars of their cells and a window, got onto a ledge, got to a fire escape, got to the parking lot that had a car waiting for them because one of these guys, their aunt, left a car for them there. They get in this car, they take off. Their escape was only discovered because this asshat called the newspaper to explain why he had escaped. (laughs)
1: Oh my God.
0: Until then, nobody knew he was missing. I love, love, love that he was like, oh, hello, newspaper. Do you want to know why I did what I did? And they're just like, who the fuck are you? Like, I find that fantastic. A narcissist.
1: That's who. A narcissist.
0: It just made me laugh so hard. Cut to uh, days later, this dude is found dead. Oh, story goes, he attempted to assault a waitress at a local bar. And a local biker didn't like that this guy wasn't taking no for an answer. So he stepped in. There was a lake behind the bar somewhere. That's where this guy was found. Wow. No one has been charged with his murder. Oh, wow. Because there's been no evidence found. But the other people he escaped with were caught within three days. So they were all caught and put back and hopefully that's all fine. I didn't look too much into it. God, I hope. Interesting. That's, that's all fine. But this case then made the Supreme Court go, Oh, well we now need to look into this. So that helped bring the uh the death penalty back on the table. And so that's why some states currently do deal with it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just,
1: it's so interesting. Four years, you know, 1972, they abolish it. 1976, it comes back. It's wild how quickly things can swing in this country, obviously. We're running out of time, but let's get to it. So, Lester goes on the run. Yeah. 20 years later, no warrant had been filed. Yeah. The police find his father. Correct? Uh, They talk to him. His father literally covers for him and is like, if I've been talking to him, I'm not going to tell you, essentially, correct? Yeah. Right.
0: I found his father's obituary. I'm listening. (laughs) I guess this, I mean, this isn't the darkest thing I've ever said. But yeah, I went, I I mean, technically, I didn't look for his obituary. I just, I Googled him until I found the right guy. They put a photo of him on the show, so I found the right guy. Um, And then, I was like, oh, he did die. Well, is there an obituary? Well, there is. Something I find wildly fascinating about this obituary. They talk about his life. I don't care. He covered for his son. He's a very religious man. I guess believes in redemption and forgiveness and all of that, and he seems cool with like sure it's almost like he believes that it's like oh he's maybe he's maybe Lester has told him that he feels bad for what he's done or whatever I don't know right I don't care she did (laughs) she didn't get to live he's been living freely for almost 50 years she didn't even get 50 years to do anything she didn't
1: even get 15 right
0: so I I again I would be the worst judge i would also be a terrible lawyer because if i get somebody who's very clearly guilty i would just be like oh help yourself but i would wait until we're like there and they're screwed like we'd be in court and it would be like do you have any questions and i would be like no your honor and it's like (laughs) well aren't you gonna help me and i would just be like help yourself
1: I don't know how you'd get many You're clients, done. but anyway. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: I would have to be like the the court mandated one that they're stuck with because none of the criminals are coming to me. Of course. Yeah. All right. So, so you found the obituary. Yeah.
1: And his and is Lester listed on the obituary.
0: He is. So this guy, it's it lists like he's survived by his three daughters and it lists all of them. It includes like obviously spouses but it also includes where they are like right uh, he's listed he's survived by his three daughters one being Diana Burroughs Columbus you know kind of like that so the three daughters and four sons we've got Clarence Butch which I find interesting and Lester Eubanks Columbus and it's like
1: just casually Columbus yeah
0: so I'm just curious like what's the point like, if you're just like, let's just stick him in there. He used to be from Columbus. Whatever. Let's do- What's the point of putting the city in there? Yeah. I just don't get it. But I was just dying to know if he would be mentioned at all. And he is. I just find it wildly fascinating that they put a city with him where it's like, well, he's wanted. But like, this guy had seven children uh 22 grandchildren 19 great-grandchildren and so it's like
1: if this, this... is Lester's father
0: yes so if yeah. this if this family is like going to support this guy there are so many places this dude could easily like lay low for a while so he could be anywhere and i mean they yeah. obviously they thought they found him in Alabama and they were very close and then didn't get him but i'm convinced that And I've tried Googling it, but didn't get the answers I was looking for. But I'm so convinced that at some point, I just, he was a repeated offender when he went to jail. Right. I don't believe that kind of behavior changed on its own. So I truly believe out there somewhere, possibly in multiple states, I don't know. But I think there is a string of un- uh of like assaults that nobody has found um unsolved assaults we'll say sure and i truly believe it was him like i think that somewhere out there there is like the path of like these are all the assaults that he has done since because he's been out for almost 50 years
1: and it seems interesting yeah that he would be able to like control that for 50 years that feels yeah yeah now, have you heard I mean listen again, we're running out of time, but have you heard of any other leads, anything else that you think is of note?
0: Well, I mean, last year in 2019, the police found found a son that Lester had. I'm sorry, what? He apparently has two children. But stop! One in particular, they contacted and they got DNA from this son so they could put it in a database so that they can now try and more easily track, maybe test him against old cases or something.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. So they somehow had Lester's DNA? Well, they found...
0: I'm I'm assuming they did. I'm not 100% sure how they found this son. Right. I do... I also don't know how old this son is because they're keeping this really, like, there's a real tight lid on this. Yeah. Because the son was the result of an assault.
1: Wait, the son was a result? You mean you mean his DNA was found as a result? The, the
0: son, the son's mother was assaulted and that's how the son exists
1: wait a minute Mm
0: -hmm. so they holy shit yeah they somehow tracked this kid down i'm assuming through the mother and they convinced i assume not a kid but i i don't know so i don't know how old they are but again they're keeping the lid on it because of i mean the horrific nature of the mother not wanting to be named and all that and i get that Uh, I'm just, I'm dying to know the approximate age. Is this something that's happened since he left jail? Or is this something that happened before he even got there? It honestly could go either way. But they found this child, this man or something. All I know is it was a boy. They found his son and the son agreed to give DNA so that they can at least have something simple like something some sort of sample that's similar to Lester so that they could put it in their database and hope that at some point they'll get a hit to try and narrow down his location they claim recently that they are close
1: Wow. I'm sorry. But, I, I'm reeling here. So you're telling me that there yeah. was a woman who was assaulted and the, her child, mm-hmm. from as a result of that assault, yes. has a DNA connection to Lester. Yes. And it's only one of the two children? Because I know you mentioned he, he apparently there, has two.
0: There are two, but there is no information on the second one. So... Honestly, it could go either way. They've this is only wild. ever mentioned the one because they the, he had agreed to giving them DNA because they felt like this is something that put them closer to
1: finding him. How did they even find this I mean listen I have a lot of questions that I know you don't know the answer to but this yeah. this is crazy. So obviously yeah. they must have had some of Lester's DNA at some point from something and that they right. were able to upload and then compare and then this other thing comes up yeah. it's a match or or well, it's 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 or was it just uh uh they they thought oh there were some similarities and then they they tested the child and it turned out it was that was his father
0: i am curious i'm wondering is it maybe did this woman come forward because i mean in like the 20 years after this case happened they put his face on america's most wanted And somebody saw him and was like, I know that guy. I've seen him. I used to hang out with him in the 70s. This is where he is. Then they contact like his ex, his cousin's widow, who he had been seeing at the time. And she admitted she'd been seeing him and he had been staying with her for a while. So I'm wondering if a situation like that happens and the woman who was attacked, if she sees him, she contacts police and is like, that is the man that did it. And then she's like, and now I have this child. So then they would have had to hopefully very gingerly approach and be like, if can we use your DNA to try and compare it to other cases that we have, that open cases we have in the hopes of trying to track him down. I mean, the police within the last few days. So who knows what's going to happen before we officially uh before this comes out
1: but right last, so this is up to the second yeah
0: in the last few days the police have said like we're we're close they truly believe they're close but something that makes me laugh a lot is essentially what they're saying is we're we're close we just don't know where he is <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> but it's like then i don't know how close but again they don't want to tip their hat too early
1: right yeah. So. Well listen, it's a, it's unbelievable that someone has managed to evade law enforcement for mm-hmm. almost 50 years. I mean, that is yeah. wild that he has managed to be on the run for all of that time. I mean, it's awful to think about the fact that he potentially assaulted other people mm-hmm. also re- resulting in of course as you you've you've crazily revealed here uh in a, in a chi- at least one child. My god. Again, how dark how awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the only thing that we can hope from this case being brought onto Netflix is that hopefully this will shine a light onto this again. Hopefully they will be able to find Lester and bring him to justice for all of the crimes he've committed, especially of course, the murder of Mary Ellen because that is of course so so horrifying, but again, yeah. His sexual offenses as well. It sounds like maybe he didn't give those up uh, once. Maybe he got sloppy again He after being on the run for a certain amount of time. Maybe he got mm-hmm. cocky thinking, I've been running for this long. I can go back to my old ways and I'm not going to get caught. And it's unbelievable to me that he never did. You know, I think the bottom line here, and this is the thing that I'd like to 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 hit just before we go, which is I want to say once again that there are so many issues with the American justice system and the mm-hmm. American prison system, the prison system especially. And it is wild to me that this is a case and that this is something that happened because it just feels impossible because you hear so many stories and facts about how terribly people mm-hmm. are treated in prisons here in America. And then to hear about this very kind of what seems to be cushy reward system just seems implausible. Yeah. Um And, you know, I kept saying, and I know that Christy and I talked about this a lot before we recorded this episode, and I said so many times, I was like, you know, I just don't know how this happened. Like, how could this happen? How is it that, you know, he could kill a child and it doesn't matter? And it brings me back to a a film that we watched when we were far too young together, starring Matthew McConaughey. Oh my God, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, A Time to Kill. And at the end of said film, Matthew McConaughey goes on this long monologue talking about this crime, about a a child who was killed, and at the very end he punctuates by saying, now imagine that that child was white. Right? The implication Mm -hmm. being that people didn't care enough because the victim was black as opposed to white. And it just feels to me, of course, in this situation, that, that Mary Ellen... Deaner, obviously being a black child, I'm not saying that that's why. I'm not saying that that's not why, but uh, it seems as though uh, the way that this was handled and the way that that, you know, this dick was handled did not honor her life or death in any way. And I'm curious if it would have been a different situation if it was a black man killing a white child. I feel like during that time it could have been a much different scenario. And uh, I think it's important for us to honor her life because her life is so valuable and and meaningful, and it is truly a tragedy that he cut it short. And I, I hope that 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 was that was not a factor, but I felt it was important to bring that up because I feel again that often it's very sad how those things do impact how uh, the opinions and legal ways that things are handled end up kind of shifting so uh my number one wish in all of this of course this case being on Netflix Netflix being viewed internationally is to get this asshole caught and behind bars Mm -hmm. even if it is 47 years plus after the fact Lester E.B.U. Banks I hope they find you and I hope that you pay for what you did because Mary Ellen Diener of course her life was, was just cut way too short and her life really did matter and uh yeah, that's 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 my final mm-hmm. thought. Christy, do you have any final thoughts about this episode?
0: I'm fully on board with everything you just said. I I just I I I get that he it just it makes me physically ill to yep. think that he has had almost fifty years of just freedom walking around, whatever. I'm just disgusted to think that he's okay with that. And I'm even more disgusted by anybody who knows him and knows what he's done. And they're just like, oh, well, he's a different man now. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if he's been, like, the sweetest man in the world since then. He did that. One strike, you're out with me. I'm done. Absolutely. Done. Especially in a situation like that. So I am really hoping that they are genuinely close I'm so glad that this show is international and will be seen everywhere. And I want him caught. I want him to legitimately spend the rest of his life in jail. Yeah. You don't have to... I mean, I can see it being worse instead of death penalty being stuck with... He's stuck in prison now. He's had years of freedom. And so it might destroy him mentally... To be stuck in prison. But I'm talking like, I want the smallest room you can find. I don't want him given access to his art supplies that he loves. I agree. I want like nothing. I want him to just be alone with himself to think about this for the rest of his natural life. That's what I want.
1: I agree so much. And you know, they talked about it in the episode too. I love that you brought that up. He was painting paintings. He's actually a very talented artist and he was painting paintings of women and all these things. And I was like, disgusting. This human does not deserve the right to have access to art supplies. That Mm -hmm. I truly believe. Um, And I agree with you. I would love to see nothing more than him brought to justice. And I hope that all of this is shining a light on it. And I hope that as you said and as you have discovered they are as close as they say they are, and I hope that he gets brought to justice. Christy Oxborough, thank you once again for all of your research. You do an amazing job, and truly, I appreciate you looking into this case, which is, a you know, again, something so, so dark, so sinister, and with also not a lot of answers, and I think you came up with some amazing stuff, so thank you for your work.
0: Thank you. It's nice to be appreciated. And uh, spoiler alert, from the waist down, I am pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's how we want it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, pajama pants bailiff. We're going to come up with different business names. We're on the top. On we'll figure it out.
0: Party on the <laughs> bottom. <laughs>
1: Listen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of True Crime and Cocktails, Unsolved Mysteries Edition. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at True Crime and Cocktails, on Twitter at Not Detectives, and give us a nice rating. Go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. That stuff goes a very long way in the podcast world, and we could not appreciate you more. Christy Oxborough, tell the people, what episode are we going to be discussing on the next episode of True Crime and Cocktails?
0: On the next episode. True Crime and Cocktails, Lady in the Lake.
1: Next week. Tune in then. Thanks so much for listening. Good night. Bye. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be peaked.